Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, my rapid reaction to that Steelers 26-14 defeat to the Baltimore Ravens, bringing their record now to 1-2-1, tied for last place in the AFC North with the Cleveland Browns. And when you consider the fact that the Steelers have now a division loss, uh, they actually are in last place via tiebreaker. Then the Ravens and Bengals are both 3-1, and one, meaning the Steelers are really behind now in this AFC North race. And, and also considering they have a home loss to the Baltimore Ravens, th- this, was, this was not a good start to the season. A sobering loss for the Steelers on Sunday night who felt like they had gotten their season back on track on Monday Night Football against the Bucs. And yes, it wasn't a dominating performance against the Bucs. And in a lot of ways, it felt like that game could be a loss as well. But they were able to get out of that stadium with a victory, not able to do the same on Sunday night in Heinz Field. Look, the defense didn't have a strong showing on Sunday night, and I, I know a lot of people are, are more and more tired of these def- these consistent poor performances from the defense, but in this football game, it's hard to win when you only score 14 points, and, and the Steelers did the same thing they've done in the past couple weeks, which is start slow and end slow, and you, again, it's going to be very hard for this team to win football games with the kind of defense it has if the offense is going to be is going to struggle just as much. So I'm going to give you my rapid reaction today to that game on Sunday night. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button, and you will get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, like the page, join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. And let's start today with some news and notes. The Steelers coming out of this game on Sunday night relatively healthy. Vince Williams went down with a hamstring injury. That was late in the football game. He was replaced by LJ Fort. Uh, Nat Burr went down with a pectoral injury. Burr was playing in the dime in place of Morgan Burnett. Uh, and then Darius Hayward Bay also went down. He was a he's a core special teamer. He went down with an ankle injury. It looked like a bad ankle injury. He had to be helped off the field. Uh, that that happened on a play where it looked like he could block the punt, but he got held on the play. Uh, and that was the play that he went down with that ankle injury. If Vince Williams goes down for any significant amount of time, the Steelers, you know, again, they have Matthew Thomas, who I think a lot of people want to see inserted into the lineup. Not sure that they'll play him in Williams' role. Seems like LJ Fort more likely to play that going forward. I like LJ Fort. I'm excited to see him on the football field. Burr, at this point, is a backup for Morgan Burnett in the dime. So if Burnett and Burr both go down, the Steelers may have a problem there in the dime. Uh, and then again, Hay- Hayward Bay, uh, more of a special teamer at this point. Tomlin will let us know on Tuesday during his press conference the severity of those three injuries and then any other injuries that come up between uh, that post-game press conference and Tuesday's press conference. And then the other thing here in news and notes, the Steelers are actively shopping Le'Veon Bell now, that according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So they're no longer just listening to offers for Le'Veon Bell. They are actively shopping him around the NFL, looking to rid themselves of Le'Veon According to Adam Schefter, they are looking for a second-round pick and a good player in return for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, now, you have to wonder if, if a team is going to be willing to give up that much in return for just what would essentially be a one-year one, uh, one rental and really a six-game rental if Le'Veon doesn't show up until Week 10. Uh, so far, we've heard the Jets, 49ers, and Eagles. They're, those are the teams that have been brought up when we talk about you know, the rumors and, and, and what teams could be interested in Le'Veon Bell. You have to assume that the good player the Steelers are looking for in return would be on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the Steelers clearly have some problems at corner, at safety that need to be addressed. And 
It doesn't seem to be addressed. It doesn't seem like the Steelers can address that given the talent that they have at those positions. So you have to think uh, that that's where the Steelers are going to want to look as far as that good player being brought back. Remember, the Steelers have to get back more than a third round pick. I mean, that's that is what the Steelers are going to be get are going to get back from the NFL in a compensatory pick in 2020 if they just let Le'Veon walk in free agency next year. So a second round pick and a good player would be an amazing haul for again what would be just a six week rental. Uh, again, I think just a good player in return, just a good player on defense would be a, a better return than a third-round pick. If, if you consider how poorly the Steelers have drafted over the past couple years defensively, getting a solid player, getting you know, getting someone who has who is Joe Hayden-like, you know, not, not a great player, but again, above all the rest of the... I mean, clearly right now, Joe Hayden, the best player on the Steelers' secondary by far. If they could get a player like that, you have to assume that's, you know, that is a doable deal for the Steelers. Uh, so, and it's a great deal for the Steelers, consider, again, considering how poorly they've drafted. They have until October 30th at 4 p.m. to complete this trade. So, you have to think it's going to go down to the wire there. I don't think anyone's going to be willing to trade for Le'Veon right now, especially considering that Le'Veon is unlikely to show up for another couple weeks here. Week 10 would be, I think, when we all expect to see Le'Veon Bell back. So, you know, you have to, you have to wonder, when we get closer to that deadline, is there going to be a team that emerges that says to themselves, we are one player away from really making a run for a Super Bowl, right? Someone who is in their in their title race, or in the division title race, I should say, who feels like we're just one player away from really making that leap from being, you know, just another team to a real contender. And would that team be willing then to part with a good defensive player and potentially a draft pick to, to, uh, to get Le'Veon Bell? I think that's going to happen much closer to the October 30th deadline, but that's what it's going to take for the Steelers to to offload Le'Veon Bell. Again, I don't think this is just going to be a you know a, a uh, your run of the mill trade here. The team that is trading for Le'Veon has to understand that they are again they are getting him as a rental. There is no guarantee that he will stick with that team in the long term. So this is not a deal where a team is going to get Le'Veon Bell and shelve him for this season and sign him long term next season. That is no guarantee for the team that gets him. So this really has to be a team. That does, you know, again, that does the calculus to say, okay, we are one player away. Let's make this trade. I think that's going to happen much closer to that October 30th deadline. Before we get to my rapid reaction, do want to let you guys know about my bookie. You know, just as important as who you're betting on is who you're betting with. And that's why this season, my bookie is your best bet. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is very easy to use. I've been using them all year both for in-game live betting, been doing my three-team teasers every week. I love my bookie. They're a fantastic service. Again, I had my three-team tease this week, which was the Jaguars, easy one, Saints, easy, and then the Chargers, I had a minus five, and when you know it, they only won that game by two. But such is life when you're living and dying by the three-team teaser. If you want to join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code Locked On. And if you wait till after 7 p.m., they're going to give you an additional $25 of free play if you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an additional $25 by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. You play, you win, you get paid. And then let's get to my rapid reaction of this football game. It's an interesting thing that happens after a Steelers loss because, you know, what happens within, within a fan base is that you immediately want to blame it on one side of the ball. It is just, it is just inherent to fandom, right? You want to, you want to take the loss and say it, it was because of 
this. This is what caused us to lose this game. It was the, the defense. The defense couldn't stop them. We got down 14 nothing early, right? It's the defense's fault. Or you want to say, oh, you know, Ben Ben and the offense completely shut down. They couldn't they couldn't get going. It's the offense's fault. They cost us this football game. Yeah, look, this football game was very much a, a tale of both sides playing poorly, right? I mean, this was a Steeler defense that, again, at the beginning of the game, just looked helpless. Flacco and company were just eating the Steeler defense alive, as we knew what would happen coming in. Again, Flacco has, you know, he has his day with Steeler defense, or has in recent history. It wasn't surprising that Joe Flacco was having so much success against the Steeler defense early on, and, and then offensively, they just they couldn't get going again in a first quarter where they just, again, offensively, they just had nothing going for them, and they got down they got down deep into this game, 14-0, and then it should have been, at one point, it could have been 21-3 if they don't get that big, uh, the big fumble on the goal line. Here's what, I, here's what I'll say about this football game, and this is, it's pretty damning to the Steelers, but it is where we are right now. The, the defense played poorly, the offense played poorly, right? I mean, that, that, is, that is the story of this football game. But given where they are right now as a unit, did the defense play well enough for this football team to win? I think the, the sad part is this is, as, this is as good as we can expect from this defense. And it wasn't a good performance overall by any stretch. Yes, they got a great turnover on the goal line that saved themselves from being down 21-3. to But that's really the, I mean, again, that's really the, the biggest play that they had. They had some nice red zone stops in the second half. They got some three and outs in this football game, or at least got some big third down stops in this football game. Again, uncharacteristic for a defense that for the last two weeks had, again, just looked completely helpless and looked helpless in the first half of this football game. They got big stops at big moments and, you know, kept this team in it when the offense could not move the football. That's more than we can ask for from a defense that has been so poor all season. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say that the offense is what lost us this football game because, again, defensively they put us down in a hole early on again offensively started slow you know you, you can't again I can't put my finger on exactly what it is and I, I, I think during the film review sessions this week we I need to go back and look at what happened against Cleveland and, and Kansas all, all four games because again this team has only scored one time in the first quarter and that was the Vance McDonald stiff arm play that's it that's the extent of their first quarter scoring they start slow in every single football game. And and it's it's made worse by the fact that the defense is so poor that we can't stop anybody to start a game. So we we consistently put ourselves behind game after game. At, at some point, that's going to catch up again with you, right? And here we are against the Baltimore Ravens, a division rival that caught up with us. It just did. We went down 14-0 in this football game. And it should have been, again, should have been 21-3. Great play by Sean Davis and uh, was, it was... Uh, Sean Davis and Cody Sensible, I think, that, that caused that fumble. Uh, great play by both of them to cause the fumble. And then Terrell Edmonds to jump on it. But but again, you know, you're you're down at the one-yard line. There's a little bit of luck that plays into that. I mean, again, I, I don't want to sit here and just say, oh, the defense had a great game because they got that fumble. There's a lot of luck that played into that. But th- this team can't continue to start slowly like this. Can't continue to start behind like this. And then, you know, whatever's going on in the second half, this is the second week in a row now this team has not scored a single point in the second half. Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown can't get on the same page. And, and, and it is the weirdest thing to watch, but they can't. Third, big third downs come time and time again where, where Ben and A.B. just aren't on the same page. Whether it's whether it's Ben throwing it inaccurately, A.B. not running the route that, a, that, that Ben thought he was or, or not running it 
uh, you know, where he thought he was going to or whatever. <laughs> it, those two are just not on the same page. And it's, again, it's so it, it is it is really interesting to watch as a Steeler fan because these again these are two players who have been one of the best quarterback wide receiver combos in Steeler history, maybe the best quarterback wide receiver combo in history. And yet a big part of this season offensively has been their inability, their their inability to get on the same page. I don't, I, I, you know, we've talked about how, uh, you know, they're, they're just double teaming AB, you know, that it's going to open up things for the rest of the offense. Didn't in the second half of this football game felt like every third down, the Steelers were trying to get the ball to Antonio Brown. And whether that was because of the coverage on, on other players and they were leaving AB in single coverage and they were kind of baiting Ben Roethlisberger to make those throws. Again, the all 22 will tell that story on Thursday when we do the film breakdown. But man, this team, this team cannot continue to have the second half outputs and the first quarter outputs. The team, this team only scored in the, in the second quarter of this football game. And again, it looked unstoppable in the second quarter. They, they settled for two field goals that they shouldn't have settled for. They, they need to be better in the red zone or, or needed to be better in the red zone in this football game. But credit to Boswell for making both of those field goals. He seemed to have righted the ship a little bit. They got a big touchdown at the end. They got the two-point conversion. I mean, again, they were rolling in this football game. And we were going to get the ball to start the second quarter, to start the second half. It felt like that, you know, again, we were just the momentum was just gonna fly in the Steelers' direction, and here we go. And and they, you know, the Steelers come out in the second half, they punt. But they but then the defense forces the 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 Ravens to punt. I think we all thought after the Steelers went three and out, thought, oh God, it's gonna be 21-14 Ravens now. We're gonna be we're gonna be behind again. That didn't happen. Then again, the Ravens go down. You know, we punt, they they go down again, they get a field goal. Okay, it's only 17-14 offense. Just, just get some life. 21-17 puts us in a, in a good spot here. Nope, can't do it again. And, you know, again, they go down again, another field goal. Now it's, okay, now it's 20-14. to 14. Still within reach. This team in the second half couldn't get a first down. Let me read you the drive chart in the second half. Three plays, two yards. Six plays, 27 yards. Three plays, negative two yards. Four plays, 20 yards. Three plays, zero yards, ended in an interception. And that, by the way, was when the game was over. It was already a nine-point lead. That is the that is the, uh, the the output of this team in the second half. And again, it's not like defensively we were out there getting three and outs, right? I mean, again, the Steelers gave up 12 plays, 51 yards, field goal. 11 plays, 37 yards, field goals. 14 plays, 82 yards, field goal. Those were It was terrible defensively in the second half. I'm not sitting here and saying that the, that the defense had a good game in the second half. They did not. But they held on the field goals, which again, for our defense, you know, it might as well be a three and out. That's as, that's as good as we can we can hope for right now with how bad our defense is playing. But we can't win if we're only going to score 14. And that that's why, you know, there's a lot of people right now who are very worried about the future of this football team, and you should be. Because if this offense can't if this offense is going to continue to start slow and end slow, we're not going to win a whole lot of football games. We're not going to win a whole lot of football games again with with the defense that we're playing plus an, off, an offense that has an inability to get itself going to start the football game or an inability to finish football games. How are we going to win football games this year? Look, you can make an argument that this team should be 2-2 two and two right now, right? We should have beat the Browns in week one. We had a bunch of chances at the end of that game. We should have won that football game, right? We should be 2-2, two and two, and that would be a much better place right now than 1-2-1. One, and one. But you can also make an argument that we should be 0-4. And that is what's that's what that's what that is what should scare the shit out of you if you're a Steeler fan. Because how close are we to 0 4? 
Zane Gonzalez doesn't have that kick blocked at the end, and he makes it. Boom. Steelers are Steelers are lose that game, right? They're one and three now. If Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down at the end of that football game and does drive down, and the Steelers don't get that stop at the end of that football game, we're 0 and 4. That's that is the story of the Steelers season so far. That's how close we are to 0-4. And again, so much talent offensively. And we scored 37 against Kansas City. We scored 30 against uh, against uh, against Tampa Bay. Oh, Juju's doing great. Vance McDonald's back. We got so much talent offensively. It doesn't matter if we can't, again, if we can't move the football to start a football game, we're going to start every game down 7-0, down 14-0, down 21-0. Against the Bucks, down 7-0. Against the, the Ravens, down 14-0. Against the Chiefs, down 21-0. We're going to start every football game like that and then have to just work back and to, you know get ourselves back into the game by halftime. This team is this team is going to go like 6 and 10 or 7 and 9 or whatever. And their schedule is too hard to keep playing like this. They can't this team doesn't again, I've said this all year. All the off the field stuff, that's got to go away. There's this this coaching staff has enough to do with the players on the field than to deal with anything around it. And it goes for both sides. Defensively. You know, I mean, you saw it. There, there's the, uh, you know, it is so damning. But the NBC had an angle, which I wish, you know, they do this Madden camera now, which is kind of cool because, again, you can see the, the, the wide receivers running their routes. And it's, it's, you know, similar to like an all 22 type camera. I like that angle. You know what angle I want more for the Steelers? For the Steelers? I want the behind the coaches angle on the Steelers because there was a angle in this football game. It was a third down. And, the, and it's behind Joey Porter and Keith Butler. And the confusion that the, you know, we talk about the players being confused on the field and the miscommunication and all of that. And where does that come from? And why does that continue to be a problem week after week and year after year? And thank you, NBC, for showing it to us live and, and real time for, for the entire nation to see as our coaching staff has no idea what personnel should even be on the football field on third and eight. That's where the miscommunication comes from. So we can all talk about we don't have enough talent in the secondary. Our players can't communicate. That's why we brought in Morgan Burnett. That's why we brought in John Bostic. But if the coaching staff isn't on the same page, it's not going to matter what 11 players you put out there. If we're, ha- we're going to continue through four weeks of the season to be to be unable to put the correct personnel on the football field on big plays in a game, what are we going to? Ex- how are you going to expect the players out there to execute? That's what I don't understand. And, and again, thank you, thank you, NBC, for showing us that angle. Because again, it all makes sense. I was like, you get this clarity. Ah, I see it now. It's, it's, not the, it's not the players that are inept. It's the coaching staff that is inept in trying to teach these players, trying to get these players lined up, and trying to communicate with the players as to what defense they are supposed to be in. Because the coaching staff doesn't know. That's where we are as a football team. Uh, it's going to be a long season, Steeler fans. It really is. It's going to be a long season. Long season, if it continues like this. Now, again, we started slowly last year. We had some problems at the beginning of last year. The, you know, Tomlin and these football teams, to Tomlin's credit, he works it out, right? I mean, these teams do have very good second half of the years. I, I don't know that that's going to be the case this season. Again, I'm, I'm only saying that because that's been Tomlin's history. He's got a ton of work to do with this football team and this coaching staff and this organization. And there's so much going against this football team right now. We talk, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the running game coming out and how much the Steelers miss Le'Veon Bell and all that, and they have to get the running game going. Again, it's hard to argue about the running game when, you know, the 
this team started, boom, down 7 nothing immediately. Right? I mean, I mean, you know, they went eight plays, 70 yards down the field, Baltimore did, to start this football game. You're down 7 nothing immediately, and then, you know, there's three plays, fumble, and they're, you know, you're down 14 nothing immediately. It's hard to get a running game going when every game starts the same in that you're just down big points and you have to start throwing the football. Now, in the second half, you can argue they maybe could have tried to establish a run more, but the running game wasn't working in this one, and it, it rarely does against Baltimore. You know, you go back to this game last year where I think that this game was, what, 39-38. to 38. In my recollection, is Le'Veon probably only had like 40 yards rushing in that football game, and yet the Steelers were very successful. So I know, you know, people are going to make this comparison to, you know, Connor was a one-week wonder, that kind of thing. He hasn't been as good. You know, again, a lot of what's happened with the running game has, has to do with situational football, and situationally, the Steelers have put themselves behind so often that it's hard. Yeah, you had 13 carries, 48 yards a year ago. And again, it's just hard to get going against the Ravens running the football. So this is always going to be a game where it was going to come down to Ben. And by the way, Ben didn't play well. I mean, the Ben Roethlisberger at the end of this football game was bad. Second half Ben, bad. Ball placement, horrible. You know, there was there were times when he was getting rid of the football. It felt like too early. Uh, it felt like the middle, I mean, I don't know. It just felt like the middle of the field should be way more open the, the or, or should have been more open for Ben to, to pick apart. The Ravens were baiting him into throws, especially that last interception. Uh, yeah, Ben just didn't play well. And again, in an on and offense, we talk about this with so many weapons. And I like what Ryan Switzer brought to the table this week. Uh, you know, again, as kind of that quick strike receiver. I, I just, I don't know. There's so many problems with this team. It's not going to be a fun film to break down on Thursday, but we'll do it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about this game in depth. I'm very interested to see what what the play calls were early on and, and the struggles that this team had early on in the football game, and especially in the second half. What whatever adjustments the Ravens made in the second half, or whatever adjustments the Steelers did not make in the second half to get themselves going offensively, because again, it completely shut down from an offensive standpoint. And, and then defensively, you know, again, I don't know if we really need to be breaking down this defense. It's bad. I mean, the defense is just bad. They don't tackle well. They don't cover well. They're again, they're trying. They 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 went into this kind of uh, two deep safety shell. You know, Terrell Edmonds wasn't great in this football game. But again, we talked about this. If you're going to put Terrell Edmonds in a in a deep safety role, this is what you're going to get. It's not surprising that Terrell Edmonds is struggling. The coaching staff is putting him in a situation where he is not going to succeed. And everyone who watched his tape in college and watched him coming out and said, "Boy, you know, if they're going to try and use him in, in any sort of like coverage safety role." They're going to be, I mean, it's going to be terrible for them. And here we are, and it is. And I don't blame Terrell Edmonds for that. He's got a lot of growing to do in that part of his game. But that's where the Steelers are right now. That's the situation that they've put themselves in. God, I mean, this team is just, it's its so frustrating to watch. Because, again, they have so much talent. I, you know, I, I, st- I still believe this team can turn it around. They, this team could probably still muster their way to the 10 wins that it needs to win the division and, and get or get a playoff spot. And then at that point, I don't know whatever ha- you know whatever happens in the playoffs happens. Uh, it's really frustrating to watch, though. It is really really frustrating to watch, especially especially that co- the whole the whole thing with the coaching staff. That is just yeah. Again, here we are. I mean, we're year four of Keith Butler. We're year four of this, and it's just it's it hasn't gotten a it hasn't gotten any better whatsoever. It is yeah, you know defensively, it is it is dysfunctional from the coaching staff down. Um, yeah, so I, well, you know, we have to break down. We'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow. But the Steelers' schedule coming up—it's brutal. I mean, they—they they don't get—they don't have an easy schedule from this point. We talked about this when we did the schedule 
preview, right? They need to rack up wins early in the year because as we get going in this season, it only gets worse. So, you know, one, two, and one to start the year. And then you've, you know, and you've got the Bengals coming up. You've got the Falcons coming up. You've got the Jaguars. You've got the Panthers. You've got the Patriots. You know, <laughs> I don't know. This team, it's, it's, oh, they're so far behind at this point. I just, I don't know. I, it's, I don't want to jump on the train of like, yep, season over. You know, there's always next year yet, but uh, it's it's hard. It's hard not to feel that way when you watch this team continue, again, continue to have the same problems. When we when we came out in week one and we struggled early on and we couldn't turn the we couldn't turn it on to win that football game, you thought, okay, one week, you know, Ben didn't play well. They turned the ball over a lot, whatever, right? Then it happens again against Kansas City where they couldn't get going in that game, although they ended that football game pretty well offensively then happened again against the Bucs and now here we are against the Ravens and it's a trend now and I know Tomlin doesn't want to say uh, you know I'm not going to paint with a broad brush or whatever uh Tomlin you need to start looking because there are some tendencies with this football team that are going to continue to cause them to lose football games if we come out and 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 give the, the Falcons 14 early points and try to work our way back in that football game that's a loss same thing with the Bengals same thing with the new look Browns who by the way put up 40 plus against Oakland they don't, the Steelers don't have any gimmies on this schedule, and they're not going to have any gimmies if they continue to play this way early in football games and then late in football games where they just can't score. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry. I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.